it's actually those differences that bring vibrancy and vitality to relationships, that they really benefit from each of you showing up as who God is calling you to be. Welcome to This Whole Life, a podcast for all of us seeking sanity and sanctity, and a place to find joy and meaning through the integration of faith and mental health. I'm Pat Millay, a Catholic speaker, musician, and leader, and I'm here with my bride, Kenna, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is the stuff she and I talk about all the time, doing dishes in the car on a date. We're excited to bring you this podcast for educational purposes. It's not therapy or a substitute for mental health care. So come on in, have a seat at our dining room table, and join the conversation with us. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to This Whole Life, everybody. Hello, my dear beloved. How are you? I am good. How are you, babe? I'm doing great. I should say, welcome back, because for the first time ever, we can tell people, welcome back. We are back. It is episode two of This Whole Life, and we're glad that you stuck around for episode two. It's only getting better from here. So grateful. So grateful to you. (laughs) Super excited about this lineup of um, intro episodes we've got going on right now. Just some of the bread and butter stuff that I love sharing with my clients and love thinking about in my own life and has been so helpful in my own life. So yeah, pumped to have you all back with us. Yeah, these are kind of your greatest hits, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Pat, we honestly did discuss like, is it wise for us to just open up the treasure trove and share um, some of these um, core tenets of of how I work with clients to integrate their mental health and their faith. Um, But they're too good to keep to ourselves. Like we got to share these. Um, So looking forward to just laying the foundation in these first episodes and then digging deeper as time goes on. And that's a beauty. Even though these things are crucial and important, they go really deep. So we're going to keep unfolding these for episode after episode after episode. And I think there's just a ton of beauty to be found. Yeah. Yeah. And many ways to apply it and to see it um, actually show up in our life. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get started talking about our highs and hards. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Where are you at, babe? What's been going on for you lately? So um, there was a situation in the past week. Okay. Uh, we're recording this in the end of the summer months. It's the dog days of summer. And as happens fairly often, uh, you, my bride, have come up with a great idea and <laughs> I have been hesitant to, throw me under the to bus follow through on it. No, you've <laughs> come with a genuinely good idea. So here's the deal for all of you listening out there. We have had this backyard pool in our garage for like a year, right? Last it's summer we got maybe it. Maybe longer than a year. Yeah. Maybe more yeah. than a year. Yeah, perhaps. And it's one of the ones where you fill up that, it's like a big, huge eight foot inflatable pool. So you fill up the ring with air and then it takes like hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water. And it's a decent size, just backyard pool, right? I do not love doing a lot of work to set up a pool that is just going to get drained. And to be fair, we our most recent experience with a pool prior to this was pretty negative and short-lived. <laughs> so I, I can get why, um, you know, you were a little hesitant and um, a little gun-shy. I get that. Let's get put it that. this way. This is the second pool that <laughs> we have been asked to set up in the backyard. So anyway, it was very hot last week, uh, or this week, I should say. And Kenna, for all of you out there, came to me one day and said, listen, it's going to be very hot. Can you please set up the pool in the backyard for the kids? And the hard part 
was it kind of setting up the pool was the hard part, like the physical annoyance okay. and labor of setting up the pool. The more difficult hard part was me dealing with my own selfishness, basically. Oh, <laughs> just okay. like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> just like being a little bit sour and a little bit jaded about how effective it was, it was even going to be. Are the kids even going to use it? Is this going to be a waste of time? So like that kind of like self-concern was not a great shining moment in my past okay. week. Uh, but I did it. And then, of course, it leads to my high, right? Which was yesterday afternoon, I was sitting on the porch, literally just watching all of our children play in the pool. And they were mostly happy, <laughs> even though they were all in the pool at the same time. Yeah. It was very beautiful. So Aww. you were very much has, right. Well, I'm glad this story is a happy ending for you because <laughs> I was at work and I had no idea that you were having such an a interior struggle <laughs> with filling up the pool. It was a minor interior struggle, but it was hard for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yeah, the first pool did not lead to a high. Okay. But well, the we... second pool did. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about me. What about yours? <laughs> I thought you were going to say the hard was um, doing the thing I asked you to do and then enjoying it. Like acknowledging that like... <laughs> that you were right. <laughs> I was going to go that far. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, my high and my hard. Um, well, I'm going to start with my hard to end on a high note for all you uh, Seinfeld lovers. So yeah, I'd say, you know, this week, maybe week and a half... I've just been aware of people in my life, some some very close to me, others more at a distance, but who are just going through grief, through death of loved ones. And it touches on my own grief um, in my own life. You know, someday um, we'll get to share with you all about our own journey of grief and what has helped us in our mental health um, through that. But but yeah, so just, you know, that it's a, it's a totally normal and, and understandable situation that when others you care about are grieving it it touches something in you and so it's hard those are hard emotions to be with I'm I'm grateful that I'm a little bit wiser each time and can sit with that and give myself the space that I need but but that's definitely been a hard thing this week Mm -hmm. seeing it show up in a lot of different ways um in me. And I'd say the high, I actually just figured this out this morning. I was chatting with a girlfriend and I was talking about sleep and sleep is like a perennially difficult issue for me. And recently um, I I asked Pat, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to buckle. I'm going to succumb to the pressure to find something different in regard to sleep because my current routine is not working. My current setup isn't working. And so Pat, you like very generously set me up with a double egg mattress pad which means that like our bed is like my side of the bed is like four inches higher than yours i feel like we're in one of those sleep number beds <laughs> it's like the poor man's sleep number <laughs> kind of literally is on her high horse yeah. when we... <laughs> i tell most time like i feel like the princess and the pea but here's the thing i'm realizing pat for like the last five nights i think we've had it for like five nights now like I am actually sleeping. Like it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning because I'm so happy in our bed. And so I, um, yeah, we're actually going to go camping this weekend. Like you guys, I'm going to bring my mattress bed with me <laughs> and I'm going to set it up in the bunk bed of the cabin because it is just improving my like mental clarity, my patience. Like it's just, it is radiating um, goodness into my life to have this double mattress pad. So thank you, Target, for the nineteen ninety nine <laughs> um, bed accoutrement uh, that is really changing my life. <laughs> and for everyone out there, 
it needs to be said, you are not a princess in any way, shape, or well, form. You are a tough woman. Be... <laughs> you have given birth to seven children naturally and powerfully. And maybe just this one thing, your body <laughs> is like, you know what? I'm making my stand. <laughs> it was, I'm demanding this, yeah. you know? <laughs> like the, the evidence is undeniable right now <laughs> that like my body wants the mattress pad. So that's my high. That's my high. Like good sleep at a cheap cost, actually. So thank you again, Target. <laughs> so if there's a theme, it's that Kenna asks me to do something <laughs> that's a mild inconvenience, but it's definitely worth it, which is a dangerous precedent to set because then anything she wants me to do, I have no ground to stand on if I don't want to do it. So, oh, here we are. That's okay. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, thanks for yeah touching base with me and sharing a little bit about your week because I, I didn't know that about the pool for you. Um, so yeah, so let's roll into our topic for today, um, which is talking about boundaries, talking about healthy relationships and acknowledging how much that contributes to our mental health and also to our relationship with the Lord. Because, you know, what we do in our human relationships help to form the way that we communicate with and and are just present to God himself. So talking today about boundaries as this balance of being able to hold on to one's own identity, my own identity, and being intimately connected to others. So here we go again with the great Catholic both and. We are masters of of that tension between things that seem, you know, to the naked eye, they seem like they should be opposed to each other. And yet, like the Lord says, like, nope, I've made you to be able to hold these things in tension. So clinically speaking, we call this differentiation. So in the world of marriage and family therapy, in the world of family systems theory, we talk about this as differentiation. So boundaries for us human beings who are called to be individuals and also called to be in relationship with our fellow children of God, boundaries for us are the pathway to true connection and relationships. They are the way that we accomplish the goal that all of us feel, which is genuine connection with others. I don't care how introverted somebody might be, they still want genuine connection with others, maybe in very different ways than an extrovert, but still they desire that connection. Um, and just for all of us, you know, for, for the two of us sitting here, for everyone listening, how many of our struggles with day-to-day mental health involve boundary issues in our relationships with others? A lot of times we think of mental health as things that happen just inside our own head. But the fact is that our relationships, the things that happen between people, those have a lot to do with our own mental health, with our own perception of the world and of ourselves. Um, so, you know, we, we get into these thought processes, these narratives, these questions, like, should I, should I talk to them about this thing or should I wait for them to talk to me? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to rub them the wrong way or step on their feet or something like, I, I can't tell them the truth about how I'm feeling because they're just going to get really mad. You know, something like, um, you know, I don't feel like going to that, to that party or to whatever that thing is, but it's easier to just go along with what everyone else wants to do, you know? Um, kind of sacrificing my own preferences, my own identity for the sake of what others desire. Um, thinking uh, maybe in a marriage or in a family situation, something like, you know, my spouse is having a bad day, so I have to be the one to overcompensate. I'm not allowed to be sad right now because they're sad and they're struggling, you know. Um, and even to the limit, maybe something as as deep and as as troubling and difficult as saying, you know, that person, he or she, is just a toxic person. I'm done with them. You know, I'm going to cut them off entirely. 
these are really problematic boundaries, all of them, because one of the most common causes of our nagging anxieties, our personalizing of disagreements, um, these flawed internal narratives that we have, a lot of those are because boundaries have been violated or not set in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, boundaries um, or this idea of differentiation, um, it's one of my favorite things to work with clients on because it it allows them to conceptualize how they might have an influence on some of the most important relationships in their life, but those are relationships that are causing them distress. And so it really helps to empower clients to think about differentiation. So again, you know, my, my definition of differentiation is holding on to myself while being open to connection with the other. And our healthiest relationships are what we call dyadic relationships, where it's one-on-one, two people connecting. And we'll you know, address in other episodes about triangulation and some of the other less healthy and helpful ways that we get pulled into connection. But just to bear that in mind, that differentiation is holding on to myself, having my feet firmly planted um, in, in my authentic self, and also being open to the influence and to the connection with the other. So my favorite way to talk about this, I'm, I'm a very much a visual learner. And I love um, talking to my clients with metaphors or sharing these ideas with metaphors and, and letting them try it out and yeah, play around with it a little bit. So my favorite way to talk about this is to use the idea of a garden. And uh, my my most common visual that comes into my head, so I'll just share it with you all, is um, if you've seen that classic uh, rom-com, The Holiday, uh, featuring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black, and Jude Law. You know, Cameron Diaz goes to Kate Winslet's sweet, quaint, you know, really quite simple and modest English cottage. It's this one-person cottage tucked away you know, it has this lovely English garden around it and and then this fence. And so if you can envision for yourself that you, you too have um, a cottage or a cabin or um, a hut, whatever, whatever one person dwelling you would like to imagine for yourself, but, but it's your space. Um, that's your, you know, place to recharge, to renew, to be really connected with the Lord, that sanctuary of yours. And then you step out of that um, cottage space and you're in this garden. And that garden is the area that you get to decide what you want to do with it. Um, you get to decide, do you want to do you want to grow prize-winning roses or do you want to have a salsa garden with cilantro and peppers and, and onions in there? Your garden gets to be what what you decide of it. You know, as Christians, we would say, in in collaboration with the Lord, like what is He calling you to cultivate in your garden? And then to delineate that space, imagine a waist high picket fence. And I think of it as as one of those fences where there's space between the pickets, so it's airy, it's welcoming, it's invite, inviting. Um, it's that kind of fence that says very clearly, like this is you know inside of here, inside of this boundary, I'm going to be responsible for these things. I'm going to take ownership and be accountable for what goes on in here. If the grass needs mowing. I'll be the one to mow it. If a decision needs to be made on whether to pull that rose bush and call it a day on it or to fertilize it and try to bring it back to life, like 
I get to be the one to make that decision. So it's it's not a 10 foot tall center block wall and it's not an invisible fence that you know people might trespass over and not even realize that they're treading on my turf. So this idea of the garden is um, one of the you know ways that I find it most helpful to think about what goes on for me in my relationships. How how comfortable is it for me to take ownership of what's mine and also to be connected to my neighbors? You know, so when I think about my garden, I think of Pat as being my immediate next door neighbor. I think of our children as being in our little neighborhood here, and that that fence line, that shared fence line, is my connection to them. And it's at that fence line that I would imagine a fence post where we connect. So for example, you know, when I want to share something with Pat, especially if I, you know, want his feedback and his input, or I want to be known by him, I imagine walking up to that fence post, asking him if he'd meet me there, and just like leaning up against it, you know, kind of casually and, and just placing what I've got there on the fence post and, and giving him the freedom to decide what he wants to do, how he wants to react to what I've just placed there. So notice that that kind of thing can't happen if there isn't a fence at all, or if there's a 10 foot tall cinder block wall, right? That that wall, that tall wall says, I, I don't want connection with you. I don't want to be influenced by you. I don't want to be impacted by you. And that invisible fence makes it very difficult for each of us to know what is ours to own. Because even as a married couple, there's still distinction in Pat's identity and mine. Um, the Lord is calling us to different things within this vocation that we share to be married together. So so this fence, these boundaries can be really helpful in starting to, you know, wrap our arms around this unique, authentic call and relationship we have with the Lord. The other thing, I'll just take a moment um, before I throw it back to you, Pat, but one of the things I talk about with my clients, too, is that the the theorist who developed this, his name is Murray Bowen, he he said that we lack these, you know, picket fence type boundaries. We lack differentiation because of anxiety. And he says, so so in response to relational tension, let's say that's that's what he meant by anxiety, not clinical anxiety, but just like stress and tension and just discomfort in the relationship. He says, we tend to go one of two ways. We either go, it's too much. And we build that 10 foot tall cinder block wall and we cut off. Or he said, the anxiety is so much and we go, I I need to be one with you. And we either go into our neighbor's yard and allow ourselves to morph into, you know, what they've got going on. Or we demand that they come into ours and that, you know, connection and relationship can only occur if there's fusion, if there's enmeshment. So just to, you know, hold that in mind, okay, what is it that draws us off track of having good boundaries, um, solid, clear boundaries? It's because there's there's tension inside of us. It's uncomfortable at times to hold to our authentic self. And somehow, even in the midst of everything you just laid out there, it is possible to do that and to still be myself, right? To hold on to myself and be connected that's the ideal, to you. Yeah. Exactly. It's possible and that's the ideal. I mean, I, I think it can be confusing for people sometimes, especially coming out of a Catholic mindset where we're here over and over in the course of a marriage, that it's the two becoming one, right? Mm-hmm. And that sacramental reality is 100% true immediately after the sacrament takes place, right? But 
that would be a really unhealthy way for a married couple to live their social relationship, their actual human relationship. When we got married, you did not become me. I did not become you. Yeah. And it would be really problematic if we did. Yeah. And, and really, that is something that I often see, you know, working with my clients is, is there is this assumption that that becoming one in, in personality, in preferences, in needs, you know, what it really practically looks like is one or both are dismissing themselves and, and aren't living out the fullness of um, who they're called to be. And, and so, you know, what we're hoping to share today too, is the good news of like, it's actually those differences that bring vibrancy and vitality to relationships that they really benefit from each of you showing up as who God is calling you to be. The funny scripture verse that I that I think that really supports this well is Proverbs is just full of gems. Mm. Some of them are true, just wise gems, and some of them are gems that are hilarious and a little salty. Maybe, right? maybe need a little dusting off or <laughs> smoothing around the edges, maybe. So Proverbs twenty five verse seventeen says, "Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house." lest they have their fill of you and hate you. Oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's like, don't go trespassing on your neighbor's garden. Like I talk about that with my clients. I'll say like, so, you know, I, what I don't really want to hear about is that your husband wakes up tomorrow morning and finds that you've been weeding his garden in the middle of the night. <laughs> like that's a metaphor, right? Like um, these are emotional realities we're talking about right now. But yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. the writer of Proverbs might have been saying, leave your neighbor alone because they're <laughs> sick of you being at their house for dinner every night. But what that means for us is we get the privilege of minding our own garden and I don't get to mow your lawn or choose your paint color or any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's that balance, right. Of no, I don't get to trespass and, and come uninvited into that space. And also I get to be with you and connect with you at that fence post. And you may very well ask my input about what paint color, you know, you should paint your cottage or, you know, what you should do with your rose bush. And I, I hope that I can be in a place of openness to you and connection with you in that. Because the point of boundaries is that what we desire as human beings is true intimacy. We're made for relationship with God. We're made for relationship with each other. We desire intimacy. We get tempted sometimes to think that intimacy means I have to be the same as you. For us to be close, we have to be the same. And that is a lie. It is not true. Mm-hmm. True intimacy doesn't come out of similarity. It comes out of connection. Yeah. It comes out of complementarity in a way, but it comes out of connection that even in our differences, we're able to be connected by meeting at the fence post, by being open, being honest and accepting what the other has to bring as well. Yeah. And I think it it is appropriate here to acknowledge that like that difference, though, it as humans it doesn't always go smoothly, right? To recognize, you know, you and I, Pat, had something happen this week where we really butted up against personality differences and, it, you know, created conflict in our in our marriage and we had to address that. And it's, yeah, we want to just be clear that, that this is not smooth sailing just because we get this idea and we're like, oh, that's the ideal. Let's go for it. Absolutely, it, it creates discomfort, right? That's why Bowen says, that's why we get tempted to build the 10-foot tall wall or to mow down the fence and be like, that's eh, too much. Let's just be a mishmash together. Um, that, you know, what we hope we can continue to share with with all of our listeners and live out in our own lives are some of the tools also that help us cope with that discomfort. But really today, you know, our thesis is it's worth it. 
that there's so much good that comes out of thinking about what are my boundaries like right now? What are the ways in which I am really showing up and holding on to myself and being open to connection with others? So if we're going to get practical, right, if we're going to take this boundaries conversation to true day-to-day life, and especially Christian life, what what would some practical examples look like? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, you know, you touched on this earlier, Pat, but I think it is worth saying again, that differentiation doesn't mean that we don't care or sacrifice for others. Like, absolutely, especially when we're talking about being Christians, um, we're talking about vocations of service, right? We're all called to serve, to to emulate Christ, to pour out our lives for others. And so we want to be clear that differentiation, we think, actually empowers us as individuals to be able to sacrifice for others. It's in owning ourselves that we can then give it away. Um, it's in that self-possession, and, and I mean that in a, in a Christian sense, that we can then make a gift of ourselves. So it's being able to notice, like, where do I end and you begin? Being able to honor that there doesn't have to be conformity and uniformity within the relationship for there to be connection. Um, I know that, you know, for us in our marriage, particularly, like it was a slow process of learning how to be open and honest with with each other and and not expecting any specific reaction in return. Um, and that's hard um, to, to feel like, OK, I'm going to be authentically myself and seek connection for you. And I'm going to give you the freedom to be authentically yourself. And so your response may not be what I was hoping for. And can I be okay with that? Like, can I make room for that and actually desire that you showed up in in your honesty over um, desiring a, a particular answer from you? Um, yeah, and it, and it means that I get to make sacrifices and care for you because that's who I am and that's who I hear God calling me to be. It's what I'm choosing to do. I'm I'm engaging my will, not out of fear that I'll lose you, that you'll abandon me um, or that you'll think ill of me and, and devalue me, um, but because I want to make sacrifices and I don't carry resentment about that. And as difficult as it can be in a marriage, your value doesn't come from me. That even if mm. I even if I don't <laughs> approve of you, which I would never go that far, but even if I didn't, that's not where your value comes from. And yeah. and that is maybe one of the most difficult things for humans to do, especially yeah. in a marriage. But the truth remains that our value comes from our father and our spouses are welcomed into that relationship God as our well. Father. From God our Father, yes. exactly, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> not even our earthly fathers, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> Boundaries are Christian. Um, being a healthy Christian means having healthy boundaries with every other human being that we encounter. So while sacrificial love is a necessity of Christian life, and it's almost simple enough to say that sacrificial love is the Christian life, it's also possible to maintain these healthy boundaries and to stay differentiated in the process of practicing sacrificial love. We're going to talk about this in many future episodes, but it's just important to lay that out first of all, that this is an important step in Christian maturity. Okay, I I, kind of love and I kind of hate that you brought that up because it is certainly the ideal. And I think for me and, and maybe for some of our listeners, like it can be tempting to get down on ourselves and to just see that as such a lofty hope and and to see like, I'm still here on the ground. Um, so I don't know, listeners, if you're with me on that and and that's a lot to wrap your mind around, like know that that we are in the boat together because this is, this is hard. This is a hard 
call to answer to walk this fine line. Yeah, just we want to give you some space to let this idea marinate of differentiation, of boundaries, of the both and, of holding on to your authentic self and being open to connection with others. So just to, yeah, I guess invite you to think about this as you're going about life and recognizing it in relationships, um, being aware of some of the thoughts and some of the ideas you have about your relationships in your own head. Because, you know, not everyone is going to appreciate and love this message. Sometimes people perceive boundaries as a threat um, or an inconvenience because they themselves don't yet know how to live a differentiated life or, or they're worried about a boundary creating disconnect with you. And it can it can be hard. Our fear can be so overwhelming because we want so desperately to be known and to know the other that to think about taking any space, even you know a white picket fence amount of space can can be really threatening to that love that we want. So, you know, nevertheless, differentiation and modeling healthy boundaries is the call. We we believe that. I see it work for the good of my clients' mental health and the witness of health to others. I've seen it in my own life really bear fruit to come into, you know, as Pat was talking about, that mature Christian identity and into those relationships. And if we're looking for a model of how this can look, how this ought to look, if we're looking for an ideal, something to, to set our eyes on, all we have to do is look at the person of Jesus. Um, your your Catholic vocab word for the week is hypostatic union. So it's, it's this truth of the person of Christ that we know already that Jesus at all times in his earthly life was 100% human and 100% divine 100% of the time. He wasn't uh, he wasn't human sometimes and God other times. He wasn't some strange blend of human and God, like a demigod or like a smoothie of divinity and humanity. He was all God, all human, all the time. And in his person, we have these two natures, the human nature and the divine nature that are the model of a healthy relationship for us humans. That in Jesus, his humanity and his divinity were united without obsession and they were also distinct without divorce or separation. So in our relationships, whether it's a marriage uh, between a husband and wife, whether it's a parent with a child, whether it's a friendship relationship, we are called appropriate to that relationship to be united to the other without obsession, without losing ourselves for the sake of them. And we're also called to be distinct, to be different people without separation, without distance, without cutoff. So we're called to be connected without confusion, without losing ourselves. And we're also called to be distinct without cutoff, without mm-hmm. distant separation. Yeah. So again, that great both and that real fine balance that, you know, Bowen, the theorist who came up with the concept of differentiation, he said, we'll be doing this our whole lives. We will be pursuing differentiation our whole lives. No one fully arrives because we live in these dynamic relationships and our self is ever unfolding and, and ever evolving. And I think as Christians, like that is great news for us um, because who I am today doesn't dictate who I have to be tomorrow. Um, that with God's grace, you know, I can continue to move closer um, to the ideals of the saints. So when we have boundaries, we feel the freedom to be our authentic selves. And this will, God willing, lead us to be sacrificial and selfless because that's exactly what we were created for. Uh, God wants our free will to be engaged. 
And that's why he doesn't impose because he gave us this beautiful gift. He desires for us to use it for his glory. Mm, Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this. So how do we take boundaries and differentiation and actually apply it in our real lives? I think we can start to do that through our challenge by choice this week. So think back, maybe a situation from the last day or so, one that, you know, now thinking back on it, you can recognize that you weren't responding from a differentiated stance. You can see now that the fence was not clearly and securely in place between you and this person. So maybe that was you know, your child melting down. And even though you were feeling peaceful and joyful up until that moment of the tantrum, when you witnessed their sad, mad, scared feelings, you started melting down too. Um, or maybe it's the opposite of that kind of a situation, that a friend was sharing their scared, vulnerable feelings, was really opening up to you, and you can now see that you shut down, that you walled up, that it it felt too big, too much in that moment, and it felt too risky to remain open to connection. Um, So whatever it was, if you can recall that situation and consider what could it have looked like to remain differentiated in the midst of it. So, you know, whether that was holding on to peaceful feelings while the toddler is tantruming, um, would it have looked like you stooping down to their level, modeling deep breaths and just riding out the storm, <laughs> as hard as that sounds to me right now? You know, they're all flailing legs and screaming and, and you're not walking away. You're not yelling back. You're not losing your cool. You're holding on to your sense of peace while remaining present to them. Or with that friend situation, could it have looked like, you know, saying to them in that moment, whoa, you know, my dear friend, like even just listening to you tell me this story, it sounds so overwhelming. So remaining differentiated in not feeling compelled to fix it for them or to get roped into taking care of of it or of them, but validating and acknowledging the legitimate difficulty they're facing and sharing, being connected to them in the midst of their hardship and their pain. That is a beautiful and difficult challenge for the week. That's great for you and me and for all of our yeah, good listeners. I'm going to go get my journal and uh, spend some time with that right now. <laughs> I can think of about five examples this morning that I <laughs> could have been more differentiated. But <laughs> Well, friends, as we wrap up, as always, we can't encourage you enough to do all of the podcast things. So please take a moment to subscribe, to share this episode with a friend to rate and review. Again, this makes such a huge difference for all of the good people that will be able to see this podcast on their player of choice and be able to learn about this differentiated life. Um, You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at This Whole Life Podcast and on Twitter at This Whole Life. And again, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what your struggles are, what your feedback is, your thoughts, your questions. So please send us a message. You can send us a note on our website at thiswholelifepodcast.com or on any of those social media things that we already mentioned, and we cannot wait to hear from you. Go out there, enjoy this whole life, and we will see you next time. See you next time, guys. Bye. This Whole Life is a production of the Martin Center for Integration. Visit us online at thiswholelifepodcast.com. Oh my gosh. I mean, well, there's a truck anyway. It's okay. Okay. It's better to wait. And you're drinking. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs>